Hey guys, before we get started with today's amazing episode, uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. We're on YouTube where lots of people see our handsome faces. And uh, yeah, uh, t- tell your friends about us, tell them to subscribe. We need subscribers, guys. That's, that's really the lifeblood of podcasting is the desperate need for subscribers, which somehow translates to the approval fuel we need to make podcast happen. <laughs> the approval fuel. So, approval fuel. So please fuel us up with subscriptions and podcasts and likes and comments and tell us what we're doing right. And tell us that we're idiots. That's fine too. As long as the conversation's happening, counts. it counts in the algorithm. Anyway, we got a fun one today. Um, I'm excited about this. Matt has not wanted to do this topic for some reason, but I finally convinced him to do this topic. So here we go. Let's get on with the show. Movie within movie on the Launchpad Podcast. Sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. And Matt, uh, we're talking about we're talking about nested films today. Yeah, and it's not that I didn't want to do this. I think it's a good topic, but I wasn't like ready for it. I had three or four topics like kind of preloaded, and I was like, okay, I got this. Uh, these are good. These are good topics we can go to, and they're easy enough for us to like shoot the shit about without having to do too much research. And then you threw this one. I was like, oh, I can only come up with a couple examples of this off the top of my head. I want to like deep dive do some research. And you're like, let's do it tomorrow. And I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. But luckily the internet does research for you. Thanks. Thanks AI. So um, there's an entire website called nestflix.fun. And somebody has collected, the the person has collected all, uh, or at least a whole bunch of movies within movies and TV shows uh, that that have a, a, a fake movie within them, which is something that I have been interested in for a long time, like a really long time. You want to know how, how long of a time? Yeah, but I don't want you to tell me in words. I want you to show me through a movie in our universe, in our context. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me spool up 16 millimeter here. <laughs> so there's young Aaron, uh, and he's got some books. He's very young. We're talking like two or three here. And one of his favorite books is The Berenstein Bears bad dreams. And that's right. I said Berenstein Bears because I'm from that universe. You all can be from whatever universe you want, but I am from <laughs> the Steen universe. And it was uh, Berenstein Bears and the Bad Dreams. And inside that book, they go to a movie um, called Space Grizzlies. And I was so obsessed with this idea as a kid that they had a world that had its own movies and its own like products. And I thought Space Grizzlies looked super fun. It's like Masters of the Universe but like bear flavored, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I always thought that was cool. And as a kid, because I wasn't allowed to see um, adult films, like I wasn't, (laughs) not like porn, get your mind out of the gutter. But like, I wasn't allowed to see rated R movies for the longest time. So I'd like make up my own shit. And my, my slasher brand in my, in my world was called uh, homicidal maniac. And it was a guy with a hockey mask cutting up people, you know, because I wasn't allowed to see Jason yet. So I came up with my own depraved murder. <laughs> uh, but the movie that, that really triggered this, this topic for me 
uh, was 1988's The Blob and Garden Tool Massacre, because I always think it's hysterical. Uh, I love that movie, by the way. It's so fucking good. But there's a movie that the kids go see, a guy in a hockey mask cutting up teenagers, and it's played for laughs. But I, I like, you know that one, Matt? You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Here? Yep, yep. And they sneak out to go see it, and it's the in that scene is when the blob comes to the movie theater and, and wreaks havoc, and it's just one of the most epic, epic, epic moments of that movie, um, which is fucking fantastic. If you guys haven't seen the 1988 Blob remake, it is one of the best gooey 80s creature features, in my opinion. And I feel like that's a really good one, and it's a good introduction for this, because if you guys have seen, if you haven't seen that Blob remake, it's probably one of the best remake reboots that there's been, like an update for a classic mo- movie, but... There is a character, two characters, two kids, and all they want to do is see this fucking movie. And everybody, the whole beginning of the movie, keeps telling them, no, 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 you can't go see it. It's too gory. It's too much to it. And even though you were not allowed to see it, and I was allowed to see movies like that as a kid, we both identify with that character because that was our life. We wanted to go see a guy in a hockey mask cut people up. There's nothing more that I wanted to see in a movie theater than that, right? And I feel like that kind of... What a great hook for the movie The Blob to get people like you and I in to be like, hey, remember this? Let's, you know, it's a bit of nostalgia. It's a bit of like, welcome to the club. It's a bit of, I see you. You know, I just see you there. I know you're there. I know you're coming in. But uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. And yeah, it, it is. It's exactly what they wanted it to be. And they had a great movie going experience watching that film. It, and nothing, the- nothing bad happened at all. Nobody got murdered by a blob. No oh, little wait. kids melted. <laughs> <laughs> That's like 10 minutes later. Oh, fuck. I love that movie so much. Uh, so, yeah. What, what's one that you got? What What is a movie within a movie or TV show? I, I'm not going to be picky here uh, that, that you think is is cool. That's fun. All right. Well, let me ask you this question right up front, but I'm not going to. This isn't going to be my first one. But does it have to be a full length feature in the context of the movie? What Would it be like, let's mean? just say an instructional video? Oh, I mean. I suppose. I, I'm, okay. Now I'm intrigued. So I'll All say right, yeah. I'll, I'll say no to be a contrarian, but you have to tell me anyway. <laughs> All right, I'll get to that one. But the one that the first one that I thought of has to be among one of the first that you thought of. But Angels with Dirty Faces. That's probably the quintessential one. I would think so. I guess it, it, that's the best way to explain it to someone who doesn't quite get what we're talking about. Right. A yes. character in a movie is watching a fake movie in their universe. And you got Macaulay Culkin, Kevin McAllister, Home Alone. And he is watching the penultimate action gangster thriller, Angels with Dirty Faces. Old with filthy men. souls. With filthy souls. Angels with Dirty Faces, I think, is the real movie that they're pulling the name from. But it's called Angels with Filthy Souls. Is that true? Yes. I'm looking oh, at see, it right it shows now. you how much research I did. See, good job. Um, but it's just, I should also say at the top of this, I feel like absolute shit in my head feels like a giant cotton ball. So the fact that I've been able to say this many words in a row that make relative sense i mean that does explain your hat for today but i was gonna say like look at look how friggin' great i look like i just i literally rolled out of bed shirt you're wearing yeah dude it's pretty rad it's super rad (laughs) with the chains and everything (laughs) and there's a tattered tattered cape on the back too oh and the hood is uh is the face oh that's cool but how many pockets does it have because that really tells you yeah, <laughs> how, how accurate it is to a McFarlane vision. Because Spawn's one of those. Good. Spawn's one of those characters where, like, even in the drawings, you're like, "Why does he need pockets? He can literally like pull shit out of nowhere. Like, he's a fucking wizard." What did he have? Yeah, what did he have? Like, what 
what was in those pockets? I don't I don't remember ever seeing him utilize a pocket. No, no, he it's not like he needs a utility belt. He's got chains and whips and and magic. He and like I don't even know why he needs guns. He's he's a wizard. <laughs> the fuck does he need any of this? Because you like what a that character is so well designed, especially like the first two iterations. He's yeah. so fucking badass looking. But then you put a giant McFarlane uh, Capullo looking gun in his hand and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. He doesn't need that in the context of the world, but holy and shit. Remember when he had the giant boot for no reason? Like one boot was super big and clunky yeah. and you're like, doesn't seem, I mean, fucking awesome, but that does not seem practical. Yeah, yeah giant boot and a giant gauntlet on the other hand. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Super cool. Angel with yeah, filthy what are we souls talking about? And it's sequel, <laughs> Angel with filthier souls. Um, this is one of those things that's like, I think at one point everybody has been like, is that a real fucking movie? Is Kevin McAllister watching a real movie? Right. And it has some of like the most quotable lines. I think, I mean, everybody at some point has been like, I'm going to give you to the count of 10. One, two, <laughs> ten, da, 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 and laughed about it. Cackling you know? like an old, old man. There you are. You were smooching with my cousin or you were smooching with my brother. Like, <laughs> so good. It's, uh, it's such a good parody of a movie and, and it scares the shit out of him. But like, it also just feels so real. And they filmed it on like old film to make it look real. Like it's in black and white. And just like the characters are so good. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. <laughs> what does he owe you? 10%. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's one of the most classic lines. Everybody knows it. I mean, I think, I don't know. It's one of my favorite parts of that movie. I like Home Alone a lot. Though, I but. think it's interesting that our first two polls, you and I specifically for this episode, our first two polls are taboo films that the main characters or, or, or main or main characters, I guess I should say, are watching kind of when they're not supposed to. Right. What an interesting like I, I don't think there's necessarily much to it. I think it's partially coincidence partially. because I have plenty of on this list that are not that. But how cool that I, I don't know. Something about that is, is interesting to me that that's what that was our polls and both movies, both actual films, Home Alone and The Blob, depict these kids sneaking these movies, right? Kind of not watching them when they're supposed to, watching them when no one knows. Um, the funny thing is, though, like, why for Kevin McAllister is it a gangster movie? Like, I, like I don't know why. Why did they pick gangster? Like, what made them say we need to do this? Like, as opposed to a gangster? horror? Yeah, because horror is the one that kids sneak or and stuff with too much nudity in it. <laughs> Maybe because it works. <laughs> Because it works in the context. That's the unrated version of Home Alone. <laughs> he finds a tape in Buzz's locker. Yeah. Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. Woof. <laughs> no clothes on anybody. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even eat the pizza. Come on. No clothes on anybody. Uh, I would think the real answer to that question is probably because it works better in the context of tricking the robbers later. I think if you were watching a horror oh, movie, you could right, you could make that work, but it's funnier with see, the, uh, the even, pizza guy and the robbers, I would think. <laughs> snakes, snakes. I don't know those snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get the uh, get your yellow no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. Yes, that is. You're smart. You're yeah, smart. I think that I'm joke stupid. goes further, but <laughs> I'm stupid. If he's, watching, if he's watching an adult film, it's a completely different movie. <laughs> Please someone make a fan edit of that. Please, someone make a fan edit of that. I want to see Kevin McAllister watch it. Then I want to see the pizza guy come. And then I want to see the wet bandits come. But Marv's when like, I say come, I'm saying C-O-M-E, right? <laughs> like, just so we uh, arrive at the house is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like snakes. I don't know no snakes. 
there were two of them in there. They weren't arguing though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you could do like, uh, he goes, they were arguing and one of them blew the other one away is what he says. But if you just, ba- if you just put the word, if you erase the word away, one of them blew the other one. <laughs> oh, we're gross, but that's funny. Oh, and yeah, I think if it's a horror movie, like when I'm thinking of like what would happen if you played a horror movie really loud, he's watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just 30 minutes of screaming. And he's like, "Uh, I guess they're making chainsaw bear sculptures and screaming. (laughs) Like, yeah, you're right. They're they're, that the gangster movie gives context to what happens later. That is smart. I do think that's like one of the epitomes, though, of of this, right? One of this topic. I, I, I think. I mean, none of them stick out. Like doing the research, you're like, oh yeah, that one, and oh yeah, that one. But for the most part, it's like that. The the Home Alone, Angels, uh, Angels with uh, Filthy Souls was the one that really stuck out in my head, and uh, Garden Tool Massacre from the Blob. Speaking of porno movies, though, how about log jamming? <laughs> That's a good pull. This and this is the thing that I was most looking forward to for this because I was just explaining to a friend of mine last night how we prep our shows. And like you and I, in general, episodes like this, it's like, here's the topic. And sometimes, only sometimes do we give each other a specific example. And the times that we don't, sometimes we take different takes on the topic and still have something awesome. But this is one of those things where like, I have my list and I have one or two on my list that I hope raise your eyebrows because then I'll feel proud of myself. And like, I got you and you're excited. But then you do it to me and it's like also freaking cool. So yeah, log jamming. Log jamming. This is from the Big Lebowski. Um, <laughs> they're trying to find who who stole his rug, and he's trying to find who kidnapped who. And and um, Maud uh, shows the Big Lebowski, the dude, uh, some films by Carl Hungus, and they watch part of one called Log Jamming, where Carl Hungus shows up to uh, fix the cable. And we never find out if that cable gets fixed. I don't know if she's watching TV that night or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then like when he dream, he has this, like um, he has this dream after he gets knocked out at, at the Jackie Treehorn's porno party, he gets knocked out. And um, when he wakes in his dream state, he, he lives through a porno movie called uh, gutter balls, but log jamming is the <laughs> fake film that they show. And th- there's a whole list of like goofy names of, Movies that Carl Hungus was in, but uh, Logjam is the only one we see. <laughs> Hysterical. That's I, that might be the best um, genre of funny fake movies to title porns. Yes, right. Right, because well, I mean, there's just so much to play with there. If you excuse the innuendo, wonk wonk wonk. But like, it's so you know what I mean. It's just well, such rich territory. There's also an entire industry of porno parody, which is like. You know, you're like, oh, I, I, when you're like, when, back when we used to download movies from the internet, you're like, oh, I downloaded the wrong Star Wars. <laughs> Still going to watch it, but uh, I'm a little disappointed. This time I'll take my lightsaber out. <laughs> Log jamming is a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like, there's quite a few, quite a few of them, I think, in the, um, I think if you really dove into movies within movies, I think adult films are going to be the ones that pop up a lot as like joke names where people are like, really? And you're like, yeah, that's a joke, but it's funny. Um, Let me throw... uh, You want animated or you want live action? Ooh, give me an animated. I'm in the mood for cartoons. Okay. I could have done an entire... Wash the taste of porno out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's going to be an animated porno. Oh, God. 
I could have done this whole episode based on Simpsons titles alone, right? I got a couple. Sure. Let's see if you have the same one that I have. So I have specifically, I was just going to limit it to McBain movies. Yeah, right. So McBain McBain is a character play into The Simpsons. Uh, McBain is a movie franchise character uh, in The Simpsons played by a character in The Simpsons called Ramir Wolfcastle. And it's essentially their riff on Schwarzenegger and every other action movie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and there are some funny ones. Like the 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 most the, the funnier ones that I found were there's t- titles like "You Have the Right to Remain Dead" and there's another <laughs> one called "Fatal Discharge." <laughs> and it's just like you know, it's it's just those awesome Simpsons clips that just show him doing way over the top action that you know we know is not exactly from a real movie, but it's just over the top for over the top action and the kids it's just like the ones we've been saying the kids and homer and those characters in the in the, in the show always want to go see it those are the hot movies to go see and then there's plenty of riffing with wolf castle the character being like doing things out of character or doing things that it, sometimes he's very stupid sometimes he's very smart but they play with those riffs and it's essentially saying what if schwarzenegger was whatever what if a kid tricked schwarzenegger into trying to tie his shoes even though his shoes are already tied but those movies, they're just, you know, he's he's every he's an amalgamation of every uh, super action hero crushed together, you know, and it's just I guess for the sake of the joke, it works so well to just smash all those concepts together. And and you get to have fun with like, especially 80s action is so riffable, I should say. For sure. like, yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I finally saw Cobra. Yeah, you I told had, me that a couple weeks ago and I was I like, never you seen didn't Cobra. see that before. Cobra is so good. Not only is it kind of a kind of a slasher at moments. Yep. It has a little bit of a, you know, Italian Jaleo slasher thing going on, but then turns into balls to wall ridiculous action shootout, which is fantastic. It's I was uh, yeah, definitely like one of the better ones from that era, for sure. So, with Comic-Con right around the corner, I think this is one of those things that like when you're when you bump into some guy at Comic-Con and he's like, "Nice shirt." And you're like, yeah, you too. And then you start to be like, oh, you're a nerd. You start talking. But then you realize like they're on your level. Yeah. Cobra is one of those because I feel like there were probably so many other bigger films that made a bigger splash to the point where people like you have not seen Cobra. I didn't see like I didn't see Cobra till much later either. But also like no one talks about it as much as they do your Rambo and even your over the top or any of your Schwarzenegger movies, even Van Damme stuff. It kind of got lost in the shuffle. But it's so fucking good. But it's one of those movies that, like, if you've seen it, if you know about that gem, you're in the club, bro. You know what I mean? Like, me and you can go grab a bite and and talk movies if you if you know how cool Cobra is. Well, because here's the thing. Here's why I think Cobra skipped it. Here's why I kept skipping Cobra. You read somebody's description of Cobra when it's like, you know, what's on the back of the box. And it's like, he's a dick cop who does, doesn't play by the rules. And he's got to stop it and save this chick. And you're like that sounds so stupid. It's every other really action, movie. yeah. I I don't love like cop hero bullshit anyway in movies, and this doesn't do that at all because he's a shitty cop. <laughs> 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 he's not a good cop. He's basically the boys of cops. Like the cops call him in. They're like, I hate to do this, but we got to call in the Cobra. And he goes in and breaks all the rules and they just cover for his ass. And he'll just go and like shoot a guy in the face. Doesn't doesn't even give a fuck. (laughs) It's like, that's some boys ass shit, man. That's fucking. All right. Um, Yeah. Ridiculously illegal. Uh, But it's the 
from the description alone, I was like, I don't, I don't, I've seen this a million times. And like Stallone as an action star is great when he's great, but he's the same when he's the same. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I also watched Rambo three for the first time mm. in a long time. And I didn't think I would need to watch that either. Cause I was like, I saw Rambo two. Like, <laughs> come on, like, but Rambo 3 was great. Yes. So much explosion, so much action, splody, splody, boom, boom. It was the most expensive film at the time it was made, mm-hmm. ever made. So many explosions, so many exploding helicopters, so many tanks. And I was like, how did I skip this? And I was like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at it and you're like, that looks really boring. And why would I need to watch Rambo 2 again when I can just watch Rambo 2? And then. I was like, well, nothing else is on. So I guess and the genre was oversaturated in that decade. Yeah. So there was so much. But and like you said, when, when you're in the mood for that, I'm not going to the third in the franchise. I'm going to go to the first. Sure. One. That's true. I guess that, that's an interesting thing to think about is like how little we may watch sequels now that you have on demand video, whether it's literally yeah. on demand or just DVD. But you pretty much can play anything you want at this point, however you want it. Are you ever going to go to the, you, you know, are you ever watching Alien Resurrection? Yes, yes. Shit, dude, I, I actually like Alien Resurrection. I do too, but are you putting that in? Because here's the thing. Five years ago when we all had cable, Alien Resurrection would be on TNT or HBO or whatever. And if you were channel surfing, you would put that, like, I know you'd stop on that, right? If you were like, well, I'm doing homework or fucking around on eBay, I'll leave this on while I'm doing that. Yeah. Now, if you're fucking around on eBay and I feel like watching an alien, I'm probably doing one of the first two. I'm probably not going to go to Alien Resurrection as much because that's like a happenstance movie for me. Like I won't. It's not that I won't watch it, but the chances of me picking that to watch are so much significantly lower than picking another movie to watch. Whereas you're right. You're right. Back I'm then, trying to find an argument against that. I think it's because I it's it's three is the one I've watched the least. Mm. But four, every now and then, I'm like, I want to see that alien swim through water, and I want to sure. see Sigourney Weaver sink that shot behind her back, and I want to see Ron Perlman be Ron Perlman doing Ron Perlman things. Yeah, drop a knife awesome. into a cripple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see Winona Ryder get all sexed up by Sigourney Weaver, and I want to see that scene with the clones. Kill me. Like... It has so much going for it, and I don't understand why people hate it. I understand why it doesn't work in the in the context of what the franchise was going for. But at the end of the day, like it, now, it's not the worst one. <laughs> um, and and I think there's times where I want that flavor of yeah, in the in the in the essence of oh man, I'm so excited for a new Alien movie. Nah, that wasn't really what I wanted to. Oh, I get to pick any Alien movie I want. You know what? That's a fun flavor. Let's try that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The the super weird cross hybrid pregnant one. Ooh, so weird. I like it's it. It's an interesting it's an interesting flavor. But this is I this can't be the first time we've ever done this, but this is a digression within a digression. So what's our actual topic again? <laughs> oh, we are talking about I'll go back to animated films and tell you about uh let's shift uh cartoon franchises instead of Simpsons, let's talk about Bob's Burgers and one of my favorite fake movies oh. within Bob's Burgers. Burgers, they have several of them. Bob's Burgers every now and then will throw up a fake movie. One of my favorite ones is Hawk and Chick, which is a riff on the Lone Wolf and Cup series where a, you know, samurai hell bent on revenge and their child fight. In, in, in this case, Hawk and Chick fight monsters, but in Lone Wolf and Cub, they just slaughter people by the hundreds. And it's fucking amazing. Um, if you haven't seen any Lone Wolf and Cub 
do yourself a favor. Um, you can watch like the the Cliff Notes version, which is called Shogun Samurai. <laughs> yeah. um, Shogun Assassin. Sorry, sorry. Shogun Assassin. And that is badass. But there's six of these movies and they're fucking fantastic. Uh, but in- you can watch any one. They're all pretty accessible. You know, Even yeah. if you're not a fan of the genre, like sometimes I'm afraid to get too deep into that. Yeah. You could just sample and it's still delicious. Be warned. There's in every one of them, there's kind of a weird rapey moment. And there's also <laughs> a lot of like, child butt <laughs> some of you are like i don't want to watch this now and some of you're like i'm going right now yeah like creepy, creepy. why'd you react like that dude anyway um hawk and chick doesn't have any of that like, how many little butts are in that <laughs> hawk and chick um is the show that that bob and louise watch together and it's like a bonding thing and i really liked that because i was like fuck yeah i want to watch a thing with sammy when she gets old enough, and she and I watch Godzilla together. I'll throw on some old Showa era Godzilla. She loves Son of Godzilla. Um, and we have fun with that. And that's like a fun bonding thing. And in Bob's Burgers, they actually like bond together because every time they watch one of these movies, like it opens up a big can of worms that they have to solve where they're like, oh, they find out that the actors are still alive and they don't like each other. So they like try and get them to like, like play nice and get back together. And there's all sorts of very interesting plots around it, but the movies are fun. And I, I, I just, I like the world they built inside of it. And I, I think that's a big part of this whole exercise is when you look at a movie and they're like, yeah, we built this world, but here's this glimpse into another world that we yeah, also yeah. built. And that's cool, right? Well, structurally, it creates a, a, uh, a bigger framework, right? Like you're building, it's literally universe world building at that point, right? Because you're giving the character the fictional characters in your fictional world something to fictional like like a fictional hobby for them to do and in doing so if you do it right all the things that we've said so far for this episode are things that you and i relate to if we like if we if me and you were in bob's burgers world you and i would be doing hawk and chick or is a hawk and chick or hawk and dove what did you say hawk and chick We'd be doing Hawk and Chick marathons, right? Like we'd watch that. If you and I were in The Simpsons, we would be watching McBain movies. We'd be in the, you know, we'd have popcorn in the first row every time. So it's another way to kind of pull you in through that universe to be like, hey, you would watch this, wouldn't you? And you're like, fuck, I wish that existed in my world, you know? Right. What else we got? All right. Here's my, here's my not feature one. Okay. Super. I think this is uh, important to the context of the universe of the film. I think it's important because you and I saw it during very formative years and we there's going to be quotes and stuff from it, images from it that you'll never forget. It's important for the movie and it was important for the characters to understand what was happening in their universe. Right. But it was uh, when John Hammond takes everybody on that little ride and they watch the movie about Dino DNA. Oh, Right. Like, don't you think that's a really um, a staple of characters watching something in their universe? It's it's a huge exposition point for the movie Jurassic Park. Right. So without that, you'd have to have a more boring scene to explain how this is happening. It's accessible to every audience member, whether it was my dad or my younger cousin, who was like five. Right. It shows you kind of how they made the dinosaurs and what. It answers some questions about changing sexes and stuff like that and or, or how they, they tried to eliminate that, I guess I should say. That's that you know, you're right. It's actually funny because it's like it's a huge broken rule in films. And you can tell that they really were like, how do we explain the super complicated process of cloning dinosaurs 
mm-hmm. in a movie because the, one of the big rules in television and movies is show, don't tell. Absolutely. But man, that's a big, heavy thing to not just tell people. What are we going to do? Like walk them through it? And they're like, ah, but we can also show it to the actors through like a, a cartoon, a, a, a fast paced, quick cut cartoon. That and it works so nice ride. and easy. Right. Yeah. And I think it, and it, it in perfect Spielberg fashion, right? It's exactly what it should be. It's entertaining no matter who you are. It's accessible no matter who you are. And it sets up the rest of the movie. Now you understand everything. You don't have to have two characters explain what happened. You know what I mean? You don't have to have a, a shot reverse shot of how did you do this? Well, this is how we did it. Oh, what about this? This is how we accounted for that. And then boom, when, boom, they, boom, boom, boom. when they break the ride and they go into the DNA lab, then they get to like just ice it. We already right. laid out the concept. Here Absolutely. Now, show baby Here's dinosaurs. a fucking dinosaur being yeah. born. You, you, yeah. you know, it's, it's what if you think about it, like like uh, foundationally as 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 the structure of the film, it's fucking genius, right? Yeah, yeah, it is because because yeah. Otherwise, while the baby's being born, you have some scientists being like blah 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 dino DNA blah blah, and you're like, shut up! I'm watching this baby dinosaur. Right. But now you get to have like fun John Williams music, and then like, oh look, he's trying to get out. What, what kind of dinosaur is this? Velociraptor. You're like, oh shit! Right now, back into the dinosaur part of the movie. I don't care about how I don't care about how mm. that dinosaur got there anymore. Mm. See, um, this is all that is very true. I never thought about how smart that seemingly goofy throwaway mm-hmm. thing is. I I was just like for this episode, I was like walking the dog, and I was thinking, okay, what movies come to mind when I think of characters in the movie watching something? And that was one of the first ones that popped into my mind. And I was like, all right, is it worth talking about on the show? I was like, actually, yeah, because that's it's. It's very important that that whole scene is very important for the for the for the movie to get off its feet um, plot wise. Right. Or at least exposition exposition wise. So, yeah. And uh, we we remember that. Right. Don't you remember what what Mr. DNA looked like and everything and the dinosaur with the old old. What was that old dinosaur? Is that Disney dinosaur with the big goofy head? He has a name. The Brachiosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. They they stole that. He has a name name. Yeah. Oh, I don't like know. Benny or something like that. But that's a famous dinosaur from a cartoon way back in, I want to say, like the 20s or 30s. And Mr. DNA was like a ripoff of Clippy, the fucking Microsoft like paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you need some fucking help? No, Clippy, go the fuck away. You're like the original pop-up and I can't get rid of you fast enough. Get the fuck out of my face. I will come to you when I need fucking help. God damn it. I hated that thing so much. This is the- He was a hover parent, Clippy. Clippy was a piece of shit. <laughs> I bet, I bet Clippy's on crack now, just in a gutter somewhere. No, he's dead. He's for sure dead. Dude, you know what? He's all bent out of shape, like that. The one part of the paperclip that you know when a paperclip is done, when it's always like bent out. That one part of him is just bent out now. McBain used him to try to pick a lock, and he never worked. <laughs> Looks like you're trying to pick a lock, Nick. Shut the fuck up, Clippy. Damn you in there now. Nobody's getting in this lock. Fucking hell. Good one, Rumi. That was a good. That was a nice one. Um, that was that was the one I was most. I thought that was most cool to to talk about because it's it's also different than the others. Uh, all right. Here's here. Let's get artsy. You want to get artsy with me? Fuck yeah. How about how about a French film? How about Les Cousins Dangerous? Nice. I have one from that series too. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, talk about that. Uh, so in this movie, <laughs> in this in in the show Arrested Development, which is one of my all time favorite shows, um, although I will say I've watched it to death. Like now, I'm like I don't like watching. Yeah, it yeah, I, yeah. I Give I it two it, or three years, and then you can jump and, back in. Then you can start over again. Yeah, it so funny. It was so good, and like just so good at what it did. But in it, George Michael, played by Michael Sarah, young baby Michael Sarah, um, it, he is in love with his cousin, 
maybe Funke, played by Aaliyah Shawkat. And they go to see this like French movie together. This cousin's dangerous. It's like about like cousins that both. And he's like, hmm. And he wants to like implant that idea in her head. But he doesn't know that she has snuck her way into being like a movie producer and is supposed to be like remaking that the American version of that movie. And she, she's like has to go see it for like research purposes and people are picketing it like the religious people are picketing it. It's hysterical. Um, the, the movie itself, you just see like little snippets of it, but the idea that it exists and it's in this world and like keeps coming back to it. And like at one point, like uh, I, I, there's a great callback where like he has the, the DVD and like it's it's just one of those those movies that then like becomes part of their fabric that just keeps coming back time and time again as a, as a good joke. To, uh, to call back to and I just I, it's hysterical I love it and I feel like that show if you guys aren't familiar with the development I love the first three seasons after that it derails for me but that show to me even more so than like Archer or maybe they just did it first but they're like the king of the comeback joke like you could watch a couple episodes and enjoy it but the more you watch and the more the longer you watch those jokes just compound and compound and compound without getting annoyed in my opinion without getting annoying and when you world build like that, when you make that movie within the show and you can reference it every couple of episodes, it makes the fabric of that reality a little bit thicker. And it also it's fucking funny. It's just so well done. And that's a it's a funny joke to keep having come. And actually, that movie, because like you said, maybe is working on that. I forgot that she worked on it. It keeps coming up because it's important to her character and her character's career at that time. <laughs> babysit me <laughs> um that that show has so many good callback jokes it's still to this day my wife and i'll like see something and be like her yep. <laughs> like, yeah yeah we'll say that too egg um <laughs> there's the one that i had from that is from the same season i guess because it's definitely a maybe produced movie but there was one called gangi you remember gangi <laughs> oh yes oh, gangi yes. is what they call their mother uh sorry their grandmother their character grandmother. who uh, maybe has a slip. They're trying to find a scary movie, uh, and the scare is just not scary enough. And maybe's job is on the line. She sleeps over her grandmother's house, and her grandmother wakes up in like a drunken stupor with like a ribbon tied around her head. And she, she I think she just had some plastic surgery done or something, but she looks terrifying, and she scares maybe. So maybe goes in the next day and pitches Gangi the horror movie, and Gangi is their like cute name for their grandma. And there's there you get to see people in the audience watching Gangi. And it's a much more horror made up version of the grandma uh, with a holding a drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gangi. And Gangi does sound like a horror movie title, right? It's so, yeah. And, and yeah, she's real creepy with her like messed up face. So good. <laughs> that shows. Maybe it's time to come back. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if you, <laughs> um, you could always do that. Can I run through? I'm just going to drop one real quick. Um, You're good. So almost as a movie within a movie in itself, the Grindhouse movies. So yeah, okay. there, was, there was a feature, Grindhouse, which had two features within it, which was uh, Death Proof and Planet Terror. And then in the middle of those movies, there were trailers for more fake movies. Mm -hmm. Machete, Thanksgiving, Don't, um, Werewolf Women of the SS. Uh, there, was a, there was a handful. Of them. And they were all great. And everybody was like, That's, that, was the most, that was almost the most fun part of the movie. Yeah. In my and opinion. everybody wanted those to be real movies. And at least one of them was turned into an actual Actually, two movies, right? Machete has at least two, two in the in that franchise. And yeah. I think another one's coming. Uh, Machete in space, which would be fun. 
they're all stupid fun good times whatever but like as an exercise that entire movie is kind of a movie like it's almost as if they made movies that were in the world of their other movies that they made like couldn't you see sure couldn't you see mr um, orange would be watching death proof yeah yeah right like yeah yeah um uh what's his name samuel jackson and john travolta like in between murdering people and cleaning up messes would go see would go see uh planet terror or something or, or yeah. werewolf women of the ss like that to me right there is kind of an epitome but almost almost in a way that's like it knew what it was doing so does it like i don't know if we need to talk to about them that much because that was the whole point of what they were doing in the first place but it's fun right they're fun they're super cool well i think those are cool and i had thanksgiving specifically on uh, thanksgiving on my list uh specifically because there's a slight difference to me between that and like the McBain movies that we're talking about mm-hmm. or um, even Gangi or the 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 the, the, tool, the Garden Tool Massacre one that you said. Those are cool because they exist as the jokes that they exist. And you and I laugh at them and are like, oh, that's cool. And I can relate to that. When I saw Thanksgiving trailer, when I saw um, Don't trailer. Yeah. What was the first one you said? Werewolf Women of the SS. No, the other one. There's one more you said. Oh, shit. I don't know. Uh. But anyway, when you watch those trailers in the middle of that grind, of those two Grindhouse movies, those were all movies that I wanted them to make. I was like, oh, sh- oh Machete. Yeah. I was when they, you see Machete with the with the gun on the motorcycle. You're like, I want to see that whole movie. I don't necessarily feel that way for McBain. I don't necessarily feel that way for um, Gangi or for Angels with Filthy Souls or whatever. But like. When you watch that Thanksgiving trailer, you're like, I want that to be a movie. I want them to make that. And I think that's almost like a whole nother level, a whole nother category of this topic of like movies that you see a teaser of in shows or movies or TV or whatever. And you're like, fuck, I want that movie. I would go see that in a heartbeat. I need more of that. And those trailers did an amazing job amazing of job. making me feel that way. Really, really a highlight of that film right before death proof came on and dropped me off a cliff but um <laughs> I where, like death proof death proof sucks um not only is it a rip off of 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 i mean the beginning is just a remake of the first scene from reservoir, reservoir dogs. dogs which yep. is like i already saw this movie and then i like it it's not the best i'm not saying it's the best it, but it, it, if it had gone first i would have liked it better but yes, like we, you and i i remember you saying that like the day we saw it if it had gone first, I would have been like, "Oh, that was that was cool." Did okay, we see cool. it at the Rialto? At the Rialto, and Fuck. then and then you ramp it up with these bitchin' trailers, and then you drop the awesome roller coaster ride. That but it just I it, can see that you're right. Not, you're right. Pacing it wise, it did not manage its pacing correctly. Okay, I can't um, argue that. But like Werewolf Women of the SS is was the one that Rob Zombie made, and like it looks like that '70s like Nazi exploitation with a werewolf, and like don't. Oh my god! I mean, that one's directed by Edgar Wright, but like, I have trailers where it's like, "Don't go in the house." Mm-hmm. Don't. Go There's a whole the series of don't movies. Don't go. Don't in the basement. answer the phone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, all of them. And like that one was so funny. You think you're going to? Don't. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and like, I don't even think I got that joke at the time. That right, like, right, you, right. You yeah, literally, yeah. Literally, yeah. but like when you watch those grindhouse trailers, and I have, I have probably nine hours of trailers on Blu-ray that I've paid way too much for. <laughs> No, right you didn't. The fact that you're that excited means you did not pay too much for them. Um, I I love I love old trailers. I love I'll collect any old trailer compilation ever. Um, and they're super fun and super weird, but like they nailed it for those trailers. Nailed, it's pretty good. It. So good. 
Um, yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, but as far as movies within movies go, how about the movie Popcorn? Oh, what a! Uh, I literally watched that like a month ago, and I didn't even think of that. That's I like that good. movie. I like that movie a lot. Within that movie, there's a, a whole bunch of movies within that movie. Mosquito, Attack of the Amazing Electrified Man, um, and The Stench, and then of course the 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 creepy one that that kills people. The weird art house one. That yeah 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 yeah. yeah. What a, yeah what an interesting. That's another underrated movie that should get more more talk about than it does. But popcorn. But yeah, no, those are fun. I like it. And and again, with all the fun gimmicks, like I love that stuff. That, that well, was- it's like clearly like that. And again, that's uh, if you haven't seen Popcorn, it's a movie about a bunch of kids who make this like all night horror movie marathon and it turns into an actual horror movie. So people go to this old theater. They're watching uh, a series of fake old movies and in that theater, there's gimmicks. So they have a giant mosquito that flies down and, you know, attacks the crowd. And the killer, in the context of the popcorn movie, ends up using that as a weapon and kills people with it, blah, blah, blah. It's a great idea. But when they crafted popcorn, right, when they were writing and, 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 and outlining that movie, they needed to pick movies for those characters to watch that had gimmicks in them that could be used as murder and as set pieces for the popcorn movie. And I think they did that really well while still keeping in the faith and in the um, the vein of what we as the audience, as the ultimate audience want to see from all of those, right? Both popcorn, the movie and the movie within itself. So it's two steps that both work because where you, you and I, Aaron, me and you are, as audience members watching popcorn, love both things. We love watching popcorn and we also love watching the mosquito. We also love watching the stench. Because that's the kind of shit that you and I would go to an all-night movie ma- marathon for. And if a giant mosquito fucking flew over our heads, high five city, right? High five city, right? <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'm down with any stinky stuff, but I, I do. I love, I love the gimmicks. I love the idea. The movies within the movie are super fun. Weird thing about popcorn, though, and it's it's funny because they're like, we're in upstate New York, and then suddenly you're like, you are obviously in Jamaica. Mon, <laughs> like, and they filmed this movie in Jamaica, but it's super funny because they try to pass it off as like some college town in like Vermont or something. I don't know. I, I can't remember where they say they are. Maybe they're maybe they say they're in California. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Wherever they're supposed to be, suddenly they're in Jamaica, and it's <laughs> obvious that they're in Jamaica. And like everybody there is like uh, Jamaican <laughs> and, and has the has a Jamaican accent. You're just like, wait, where did they go? <laughs> But I would love to hear the story of making that movie because I know a lot of people who have gone on like pretty remote filming um, situations and, you know, some countries have the infrastructure for making a movie. Right. I doubt Jamaica has a huge cinema presence there. And they're like, hey, can we find some gaffers? And they're like, what? (laughs) uh, My cousin will do it if you pay him. Has he ever done it before? What? Like, I bet that production was crazy, but they did it because they could probably find a find a movie theater that would let them film there for yeah. a month at a time and a bunch of cheap labor. I bet, but I bet the production was wild because of that. Yeah, it was. A, it was not a uh, smooth running train, is what you're saying. Probably. Oh yeah, I bet it went as smooth as the, the mosquito trying to <laughs> fly across the crowd. Um. I know I've gone like four times in a row. Do you have one that has gimmicks in it? Um, no, not a gimmick. I have a callbacky one, callbacky comedy, and one that's just a, a nice funny punch, just a one a one shot. Because because if we're you staying a, in the if same, you have a gimmick, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, Mant from Ma- Matinee. Interesting. Go ahead. 
So matinee in 1993, uh, John Goodman vehicle, um, and it's about a guy who's the king of the gimmick, and it's during the Russian Missile Crisis in Cuba, which is an awesome setting for a movie. I, I thought they really nailed that. And the the gimmick in this movie is is it's a, a giant man, praying mantis monster that is turning people into praying mantis mutants, and somebody's supposed to come out in the crowd, and 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 during the movie they think that the Russians are bombing them, and it causes a panic. And um, it, it's just a great setting. It's a great movie. Really well done. Just fantastic. And um, the Mant is a funny. The movie itself is is like exactly like right up our alley with that fifties gimmick movie horror vibe. That would have been a fun time to be alive, don't you think? Like I always think I was supposed to be born in the early seventies. Like that's when I was supposed to be born, based on all the shit that I like and blah blah blah, and my love for disco dancing. But like, take that aside. I think if you and I were born in the late 40s, early 50s, to be in that B-movie era of drive-ins and gimmicks, I think we would have been given old-fashioned high-fives in our shirt and ties while we watched movies in the theater. Yeah. You know, like, I think that would have been... I would have my suspenders on with that hat that looks like a crown, that Jughead hat. <laughs> I, would I would wear 3D glasses as a fashion statement. That is the most self-reflexive thing I've ever heard anybody say. I've never heard anyone in my entire life sum themselves up as well as you just did. For fucking sure, you would be wearing a Jughead hat. That Rumi, I will never look at you again without seeing that Jughead hat because that is fucking you. <laughs> A Jughead hat and 3D glasses. That's me. 3D glasses almost go without saying. I would have expected that. But the Jughead hat, holy shit. Just as like a literally, statement. like you know what you know, there's like times in your life where you're like, this is a a, a a fulcrum of my life. Like everything after this is a different thing. That's just happened. Everything <laughs> after that is after the Jughead hat comment for me. Holy shit. <laughs> Because I think it's one of those hats that, like, you have to have the balls to wear it. If that's what you think it is, more power to you. But Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you look like an idiot, right? <laughs> I got to buy you one now. But, like, how do you even search that? Jughead? It has to be Jughead hat, right? All right. We're going to digress one more time, guys. <laughs> Last time, I promise. Jughead hat. Yeah, here they exist. They're called Jughead crown hats. <laughs> That's exactly how you said it too. Like a like a guy who'd wear a jughead crown hat. <laughs> what are they called? I don't even know. What is Jughead's hat called? A whoopee cap. Whoopee That's cap. even better. <laughs> jughead is almost always seen wearing his trademark beanie with both a rounded and square pin. This type of crown shaped cap called a whoopee cap, sometimes a jughead cap or crown, was popular among boys in the thirties and forties. Yeah. Was it popular? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Um, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I could pull this off now. Maybe we'll see. Anyway, I'm gonna tell you right now. We're gonna see. We're gonna find out. <laughs> At uh, some point, we're gonna see. The one thing I wanted to say about something you said is, you're like, I, if I was born in the '70s, you know, then we would have come to come to age in the '80s, working on bitching '80s action movies. Is what you think is happening? That's what you think is happening. Mm -hmm. But you'd be because we were born in the late '80s. And we like movies from an earlier generation. You'd be like, hey, I'm born in the 70s, but I like 50s films. I'm not going past that. All this modern <laughs> shit sucks. I like I like old 50s movies. Give me the tingler any day. That would be you. We'd be against. <laughs> yep. We'd be like horror movies nowadays. They just they just show it all at once. 
And there's uh, too much practical effects in those sci-fi films. Yeah, go back to I mean, go back to Chiroscuro. You was using shadows. <laughs> That's what I want. Cabinet of Doctor Cal. In whole cameras. <laughs> yeah, that's what you would have been because we're because we're, we're like shit. We're cinematic hipsters. I just sense. remembered that I had a dream last night because I just said pinhole camera. I had a dream last night that I was in a movie theater that had all different types of uh, theaters. So, like, if you went into Auditorium Two, it was a regular movie theater. If you went to Auditorium Three, you were inside a giant pinhole camera. Each. Each room was a different gimmick of like a venue. Like, you know what a pinhole camera is, right? This was like you literally stand inside it and could see what was happening inside of it. Hmm. It's fucking crazy. And I just remember that because I just made that joke now. Also, I was supposed to go see Robocop 2 in that, and it was playing in two theaters, and both were sold out. Um, (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) I mean, that's a good movie to see in the theater, but especially in pinhole camera mode. Yeah, right. Um, how about this for for uh, uh, um, one of these? Go back to comedy. Okay. Were you a 30 Rock guy? I have watched 30 Rock. I, I think I've only seen the whole series once. It's not like I let's throw it on over and over again. It was a little more goofy than I go for, but I really enjoyed it. Like certainly his. Yeah, yeah. Like certainly very, very, very funny. Amanda and I will start it again from the beginning every once in a while. And there's definitely highlights, but I love it. It's really funny. It is. There really is. Funny. There's a character named Jenna who's like an over-the-top actress and she's so self-absorbed and so such a Hollywood actress that she, or I guess New York actress, but she's so self-absorbed. She can't see past her own self and she's played for laughs. She is in a, in one season. It's pretty much the entire season. She is in an artsy movie that she's very proud of. And she keeps telling Liz, her best friend, the main character about this movie, but the movie is called the Ruger. And the whole season, nobody knows what she's actually saying. But she keeps saying, when I was in the rural drawer, and they don't, every, anytime she explains it, it's very vague and there's no, you can't understand what word she's saying. And Liz multiple times tries to figure out what words it could be. And then she figures out like there's clues about what Jenna says she did in the movie. But the whole thing is played for last. Finally, it's revealed that it's the rural juror. But nobody yeah. ever says that. They always say the Roro Juror. And it's hysterical. And then eventually you do see some clips from the Rural Juror. But like um like Arrested Development, which I think does it well, I don't want to say it does it better, but it does it more often and consistently better. This one just keeps coming back and the whole time it's every time there's a Roro Juror. And I think there's one episode that's about one episode of 30 Rock is about the Roro Juror. But it's just really funny to keep hearing this come up and have them keep supposing that it means different things throughout that season. Do you see uh, that? I have a word that I can't say like that. <laughs> um, it's a beverage. Theater? No, I say theater just fine. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's a beverage when you mix tea and lemonade together. Yeah. <laughs> Almo Palmo. Like I, I, Arnold Palmer is very like I don't know why, but that is one of the, I'm always anytime somebody's like, "What would you like to have?" I'm always like, "Tea and lemonade, please." And like, you mean uh, don't make me say it. You mean a? And I'm like, Arnold Palmer. But well, if it's I say it fast, to... I'm just like, oh, Obama. But that's not just you. You're dumber than most, so maybe it's harder for you. But like everybody, <laughs> right? <laughs> everybody, all of our listeners, right now, everyone listening to me, say. Arnold Palmer fast. Ready? 
Arnold Palmer. Arnold yeah, because your tongue and lips kind of go up and down. Your tongue hits your roof of the mouth a couple of times. It's, it's not tricky. easy like Dildo Billboard. No. <laughs> dildo, yeah, that's nice and easy. Dildo Billboard is great. Dildo Billboard. But, you say, but say rural juror. Rural, rural, like, rural juror. It's yeah. very quick motions that are very similar to each other that you're making with your mouth and your tongue. So you could see literally how, well, not, I mean, figuratively, but literally how you get tongue tied, right? So um, I get that. 30 Rock had a ton of these, though, like shows within shows. Yeah. Uh, Bitch Hunter, uh, Honky <laughs> Grandma Be Tripping, Homonym. Milf uh, Island. Milf Island. Yeah. <laughs> Milf Island was a good one. <laughs> uh, and even though it's not a whole fleshed out show, but uh, Tracy Jordan's Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. I mean, come on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Black <laughs> Frazier. I mean, they had so many good ones. Uh, yeah, they really, really had a bunch of good ones. Yeah, I guess they was- were on par with the Simpsons of how often they did that. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, the show, that show, if you don't, if you haven't watched 30 Rock, it's a, it's essentially about, it's a, it's a comedy, fictional comedy about essentially SNL, right? More or less. It is yeah. an SNL like show. So there's constantly, in their universe, they're constantly ripping on movies and riffing on TV shows and current events and topics and genres and 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 stuff like that. So tropes. So it's part of the the fabric. So even more so than The Simpsons, it's necessary for them to create those faux content, that faux media, which is just it's hysterical. That that was a good one, man. Um, how about one of the best ones that we still haven't mentioned? I'm surprised this hasn't come up yet. Hmm. What movie is it in? Or, or what, what, what actual media is it from? Well, there's really only one question I need to ask you, Matt. Do you like scary movies? That was on my list, too. Go ahead. Uh, I think it's a good one to wrap up on. I mean, we could, I, I seriously could do this for an entire another episode. Like, I have so many more to go, but this is a big one. In the Scream franchise, starting with Scream 2, there is a film franchise based on the Woodsboro murders called Stab, which... In the most recent one, we see a clip, or no, in the in the previous one, we saw a clip from Stab 7, where he's got a silver mask and a flamethrower, which was <laughs> uh, fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, the Stab franchise uh, in, in the Scream movies is, is such a great self-referential thing and also a great way to like carry some of the plot. And in the third movie, get some to Hollywood, baby. Scream goes Hollywood. Well, this is another one. Like we said, like kind of like Jurassic Park, where it's kind of important to the content uh, or the universe that we as the audience are watching because they set it up perfectly in the first screen, right? Where Sydney makes a line that at the time is a throwaway joke where she says, if they made a movie about my life, I'd probably be played by Tori Spelling. And just like what would probably happen... They make a movie out of that whole in their universe. They make a movie out of screen. What happened? The events in Scream One and that becomes Stab. So in Scream Two, there is a movie in their universe about what happened. The Woodsboro murders, which is a cool thing to have in any horror movie. But when your horror franchise is about deconstructing the horror franchise, making a horror movie in that universe adds an entire new level that you can play with because then you can make jokes on both levels, right? It's almost like two realities. You have Sidney Prescott's reality and then you have the Tory Spelling reality of the stab and you can make those jokes back and forth. And I think it works really well. Sometimes it's overdone and sometimes it's forced, but that also kind of, you kind of get a, um, from, from me at least, you get a grace for that because of what you're trying to do and the statements you're trying to make in the meta world and the meta jokes and the meta movie that you're trying to make 
both with Stab and with Scream. So again, I think it's foundationally important for that franchise that Stab exists in their universe. Yeah. But again, also, we're all watching a Scream movie, whatever number it is. You're watching Scream because you like that kind of shit. So when those characters have something that they also like and feel the same way about, and when you see characters in Scream sitting around a table debating points about Stab, you're like, oh, Aaron and I literally did this a hundred times about the last Scream movie, you know? So it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool. It, again, pulls you into that club where it's like, hey, we're like you, you're like us, we're all doing this together. I think that's kind of a cool thing. In the Scream universe, there's two idiots with a podcast talking about how scre- how Stab 7 sucked. Like, we're here with the Rocket Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the latest Stab movie. Uh, we have the guy who did the voice of Stabby McStabface. He's coming on. He's a friend I'm of the show. I'm Eric, and I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you're right, though. Uh, the third one. I, there's so many interesting ideas in the third one, and they just fail at a lot of them. But I love yeah. the scene where they're on the stage in the original house doing that that chase scene. And I was like, that is Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's, it, it works really well, because that would... You could still do that in a Jason movie or a Freddy movie or whatever. I mean, they did it in Freddy, right? You did that in, in oh, we didn't even talk about that, right? New Nightmare has, New has Nightmare. the same thing. Yeah. Um, and But that was like one movie in a franchise making a statement about the the the, the genre. Okay. But Scream, that is Scream's thing, right? Yeah, so exactly. It's very apropos in this one franchise. Man, there really are a lot of these. And they're, there they're, are. Pretty, they're pretty funny. I mean, UHF, Gandhi 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, all right, let, let, let's do last ones. Let's do let's do a wrap up. What, what's your last one? Oh, right, I got a quick, a nice, quick, easy one. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes, there's a trailer for Goodwill Hunting Two Hunting Season. Applesauce, Applesauce bitch. bitch. <laughs> yes, I mean that's just that is just. Uh, I think that's a one or two level joke. It's not. There's not a lot there to deconstruct or think about, but fucking funny. And I know that, like you and I specifically, as like on our friendship. We constantly make fake sequels that are in a completely different genre than the first one. So this joke is that Goodwill Hunting was this, uh, you know, emotional drama acting set piece for Matt Damon and writing and directing, and it's like really good emotional. Now in this one, it's like an action movie, and it's like how fucking funny is that, right? It's Shane Silent Bob. Kevin Smith does what Kevin Smith does well. It's just a one level thing. It's not stab. It's not freaking, you know, dino DNA or multiple levels or anything. But just what if you took this drama and it was an action movie and then they got the original cast from a specific scene to do the same scene, but the action movie version. And it's just it's perfect. It's exactly what it needed to be. Oh, it's a great it's a great joke in the movie, too. Like, it just works perfectly. It landed. Well, it landed so well. Um, I think we'd be skewered alive if we didn't mention Jaws 19 briefly. Um, I thought about though, that as well. Go ahead. But you never see a clip from it. And Correct. I think a big part of it is when you see the movie. Which is why I didn't put it on my list specifically. But let's let's run it down. What, what What's Jaws 19 from? Uh, Back to the Future Part 2, when he gets to the future place at the movie theater, a big holographic Jaws jumps out of him as like a promotional thing. And they're like, Jaws 19 is a thing. So that's a thing in that universe. But one that you see a clip from that is, one of again, another one of my favorite movies. It's super meta, but way ahead of its time. Like, way ahead of its time uh hamlet how about hamlet i thought from, about that yeah from, from uh last, last action, action hero, hero right yeah yes and last action hero also had many many of these yeah they're they're getting excited for jack slater four which means there's a jack slater one through three Two, that, three yeah yeah that we didn't that we see like little bits of like you see a little bit of jack slater three 
but like hamlet he like shows up with guns and starts fucking shit up which is like hysterical and like just arnold schwarzenegger man I, i'd watch it and i always like that shit that's um make if you can make fun of yourself i have a and especially if you could do it well but if you're just willing to point your own finger at your own self and laugh or let me laugh with you or at you kudos to you because i do think that takes balls i do think that takes grace and self-awareness and it's also like hey man if the joke is funny and i remember as a kid some kid made fun of me and he was like sorry but you deserved it i was like that was funny you could make fun of me all you want if it's funny and like i feel that way now like i'm fucking ripe for parody look at my goddamn hair but like <laughs> if you're gonna make me laugh i don't care if i'm the target it doesn't matter and i think when a movie or a show or an actor or a production or even like literally an institution like hollywood can point its finger at itself and be like how silly is this great i'm on board let's have fun with it and last action hero is a movie that does that schwarzenegger does it throughout the film right and i think that's cool and when you do it well, it makes it that much funnier and that much more enjoyable, you know? There's a couple of keys to it, though. Arnold Schwarzenegger can punch on himself because at the end of the day, he's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. What are you going to say? Right. Well, you, dude, you have a goofy accent or this or that. He's like, yeah, but I'm still Arnold Schwarzenegger. So who gives a fuck? Who gives a <laughs> Right on my wall here. Who the fuck are they? And who cares what they think? That's a big poster on my wall over here. And that's like 100%. Who cares? He's still Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it only works when you are punching at your own weight class or up. Sure. Like right okay. now, right, right now, while we're speaking to give you context of time, a bunch of billionaire, five billionaires drowned in the Atlantic because their submarine sucked. Um, everybody's joking about it. I can't and, believe that. Can you? Yeah, I can believe that. I can 100% believe that. Well, you don't I, believe, I just, you don't think, you don't believe that a couple of billionaires um, want to go no, no, to the mass grave of how other many billionaires people... and die doing it? No, I can't believe that so many people, even before they're pretty surely dead, were like ripping on this and making jokes. And I was like, guys, there's people trapped in a fucking submarine. Like, you're not going to wait for a week to make those jokes. I get uh, social media and shit. I'm like, really? They're billionaires and they're lucky we're joking. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> so that's what's happening right now. They're dead. They, they're they're sub imploded. Um. <laughs> Where was where were we going with this? Before? I don't know, Super man. Dark. I was talking about Schwarzenegger. Um, Pointing but, your, so you, you, can, you said you, can you can't punch point up. your finger you, down is what you, you're saying. You can punch up. Yeah. So it's right. like for, for a bunch of people to punch up at billionaires, like we don't care what the bourgeois say. We're billionaires. Hey, well, we don't give a shit what you say about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm still Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, you can't punch down. Like you can't go, ha, look at that fucking six year old. Well, maybe you can punch down. Uh, you it's can't, easier. Like, it's easier, but when you punch <laughs> down at a, at a smaller kid or a smaller group or, or or somebody that that maybe can't doesn't have a platform to stand up for themselves or enough to laugh it off, like that's when it's not. That's when it doesn't work, you know. And when a movie, and I think a lot of times, every now and then you'll see a movie that does this, and you're like, you thought that punching down like that was funny, like that's, right, right, that's, right. That's tragic and sad. Like I think that's where the distinction is. Well, you take the take the term right, making fun of something. Making fun of something is usually a negative term, right? But if you actually, I don't know if this is correct, but if you just take those two words, making fun, everyone has to have fun. If yeah. you make fun of me and everyone, including me, is laughing, no foul, man. We're all having a good time. But if you make fun of somebody, me or anybody else, and I'm not having fun, then you are, you're doing something detrimental to me. You're talking down to me. You're, you're making me the butt of a joke, which can be funny, but it's not always right to do. And it's certainly not always fair. 
not saying I don't ever do that. We, we do that all the time. But um, like you said, I think if you punch up to a certain, like you can make fun of Arnold Schwarzenegger because he doesn't give a fuck. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Although now I'm picturing Arnold Schwarzenegger listening to this podcast with a single tear rolling down his face. And the donkey comes over. He's like, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, for me, the idea of um, a person or an institution making fun of themselves, right? To be like, hey, this is fucking silly. Like Schwarzenegger does this. Like for Schwarzenegger and a production to be like, Schwarzenegger does the same shit every time. You guys eat it up. We're all here for the same stupid bullshit. Let's make fun of that. And let's all have a good time while doing it. Great. And I love that. I love when 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 characters and actors and people do that about themselves, you know? Yeah. Oh, and last especially Action when Hero the actors, is a great idea. When the when the actors are on board for themselves, like um John Claude Van Damme and ACVD. That's what I was thinking too. Fantastic. Yep. Um yeah, there's a bunch of them like that, and I uh, yeah, I oh, man. Or like, That's what's his name in Arrested Development? Um, uh, Apollo Carl Creed. Weathers. Yeah, like the fact that he's playing Carl Weathers, you know, and he's taking a a, a rideshare van because he saves time and saves money. Like that's fucking funny, and what does he care, right? And I think if you could do that, it makes me enjoy the 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 joke more, which probably makes me enjoy the show or the movie or the whatever more. And I Last Action Hero is a great example of that, you know. And Last Action Hero is like a cinema paradiso of like, man, I love movies. That's so great. But like, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I actually like. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It speaks like it speaks that movie my dad got, but it speaks to you and I more than my dad. You know what I mean? Because you and I, we have a special place for those movies that I don't know that my dad or my mom or my right, 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 right. Yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, those are fine. But like eighties action, ah, yes, bring it on. Let's have more Last Action Hero movies. Can we get another round of that in? Second it. to last action hero movie? I don't That's know. That's what it'd be called. Second to last action hero. I want an expendables of last action heroes. They should make that's what what they should do is they should make a series of last action hero movies, but it should all be words that have to do with act, like more. Like beyond last action hero. Last action hero forever. <laughs> Infinite last action hero. Like that would be fucking fun. But what if they just like inceptioned it? Like in the next last action hero movie. He finds a golden ticket, and you're like, "Wait, how many levels d- deep are we in?" <laughs> but he goes to see the movies that he goes to see, and brings that cartoon cat with. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which ones did we miss, guys? There's so many of these. What's your favorite nested film movie within a movie, um, show within a show? Uh, th- there's so many. There are so many of these. Uh, please let us know. Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. I do have to give a huge shout out to Nestflix, Lynn Fisher, who put this website together that collected all of these. Nestflix.fun um, is a, a very well put together website for collecting these uh, goofy nested movies. Uh, super fun. But yeah, hit us up on social media. Like I said, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Smash that button if you're watching YouTube and you haven't already done it. But until then, Rumi, let's blast this thing off. Before we blast it off, can we give an announcement, even though it's not fully Fuck yeah, formulated we, yet? We probably should. Yeah. So we, the Launchpad Podcast, is going to have two panels at San Diego Comic Con this year. San Diego Comic-Con is the 19th through the 23rd. Our panels are still technically being scheduled, but a little birdie told me maybe Thursday night and Saturday night. We will confirm that as soon as we know. But if you are going to be at Comic-Con, 
hit us up, let us know. We're going to be walking around doing interviews the whole time, but we have two panels. The first one is going to be a killer slasher horror movie trivia with Roger Jackson, the voice of Scream, the voice of Ghostface. He's going to be asking horror patrons questions. You guys are going to be winning prizes. So it's going to be like a game show hosted by the Launchpad Podcast with fucking Ghostface. Please come check us out there. And then the next one, this is going to be fucking bonkers too. You've heard us talk um, with uh, our friend Gary Gennari from Tops Trading Cards, 1989 Dinosaurs Attacks Trading Cards. Crazy, fucking gory, violent um, uh, card series with dinosaurs eating people all over the place. We are going to have a panel with uh, Gary Gennari, the guy who created the series, a friend of mine, Greg Goldstein, who is a publisher for not only for Tops but IDW, and he loves these cards. He and I both have original art, and I'm going to have a fucking PhD paleontologist, an actual fucking scientist who has named dinosaurs, is going to be on this panel, and we're going to be riffing on these gory, over-the-top cards. And uh, there's actually more surprises with that one. I'm very excited. It's going to be fucking cool. So please come check us out at those. Let us know if you're around. Keep your eyes on our website and our social media, and I will give you updates on where and when those panels are going to be. But come to Comic-Con and see your favorite handsome boys. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. I'm, Rumi, it's going it's to be good. Blast this off. Also, guys, make a movie of me and Rumi being in a, another movie. Oh shit! That's a new that's a new bucket list goal. We've oh, been producers in a comic book before, me and you. Yeah. Oh, to find out the movie that we make. Wow. We should come up like, with a movie in our own universe. That would because we've you and I have had it. We've been producers, slimy Hollywood producers, in a comic book called Suicide Jockeys by our friend Ryland Grant with our same names and everything. We were a production company, but I want to see like the launch pad movie starring me and you in a comic book or in a TV show or in a movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would just act in one of these fake movies any day like you could put me in and I would. But see, here's what I want to do is I want you to play me and I want to play you. I don't want famous people playing us. I'm playing you and you play me. All right. I'm mad. Yeah, you're going to have to get you're going to have to get a lot of makeup to look this handsome. You're going to have to grow some hair. Yeah, I'll go to hair. I'll go to a hair and makeup and they'll be like, "Okay, we need to put a stupid little man bun on you. There you go, ma'am. Just like with a magnet. Just click. Click. See, punching across, not punching down. It's <laughs> funny because it's funny. <laughs> Till next time, we're the Rocketeers. We're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.